I don't know about you, but what I learned from Cherry is number one, don't ever fall in love. Number two, <laughs> please involve your parents in your life. Number three, kids don't do drugs. <laughs> don't join the army. Uh, don't rob banks. And again, don't uh, don't do drugs, kids. And that's what I think. What I learned from this movie, uh, it was a novel. It was not based on a true story, and that drove me nuts because it was two and a half hours. And okay, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry, Cassie, your turn. Whoa. Well, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> what do I even add to that? <laughs> we just jumped right into it. Can we introduce our guest first? I'm really excited. No, this is the pre-show chatter. This is the pre-show. I just had to get that out. <laughs> I'm not here yet. I've not arrived yet. <laughs> well, I don't know. Let's let's just play the intro. They yell about directors, yell about the plot, yell about the acting, but they also talk a lot. But mostly Josh and Cassie, yeah, about the movies. Welcome back, everyone, to Josh and Cassie Yell About Movies. I'm Josh, and I just got a new job writing about podcasts uh, for Podcast Business Journal. Yeah, happy for you, Josh. And you seem super, super upbeat today, like you're in a really good mood, which I love seeing. Oh, well, well, thanks. I noticed that I sound a little tired uh, last week in parts of the Judas episode. So I was like, mm-hmm. what is the deal with that? I don't want to listen to that. Maybe people don't either. I don't know. <laughs> oh, trying to amp it up. Cool. I'm here for it. Well, I'm Cassie. I still don't know how to introduce myself, even though this is like our ninth friggin' episode. But so I'm just going to say that I'm Cassie. <laughs> and I'm really excited today because we finally have a guest who's my guest, like, I invited him on today. <laughs> His name is Reese Bowen Jones. He's mm-hmm. a movie critic, write, a writer for Jump Cut online, mm-hmm. and uh, and a Rotten Tomatoes approved critic. Right, Reese? Yeah. Yay! Right. <laughs> <laughs> My official kind of thoughts on the film we're talking about today are on Rotten Tomatoes out there for the world to see. And I was really excited. I could I could put things on there. I have an impact on films now, which is weird. Oh my oh my gosh, it's so cool. So so excited for you. <laughs> so is there like there must be a certain time of year that they accept submissions? Because there was one day when I saw everyone on Twitter going, "Well, I didn't get it," or "Yay, Rotten <laughs> yeah. Tomatoes!" Yeah, it was all all at once. So that's I, when I learned that. I remember I applied. I think back in September of last year, and I forgot I applied for it. And then mm-hmm. I saw everyone getting kind of excited on Twitter. <laughs> and I was like, I'll check my email. And I got it. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was, yeah, one of those things that I think it took around three months for it to come through. Um, wow. Because like, I think so many people applied for it. So I was yeah. very lucky to make the cut. Yeah. And Josh has a couple reviews on Rotten Tomatoes as well. I'm the only one here who doesn't. That's fine. <laughs> my feelings aren't hurt at all. You'll get there. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I'm a lot newer to this than you guys are. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Josh. Are we going to start talking about this movie? Oh, absolutely. I have plenty more thoughts. Cassie, give me some introductory remarks. Introductory remarks. You know, I started taking notes, as I always do when I began watching it. And about 45 minutes in, I closed the notes app and was like, I I think I'm just going to have to be going along for the ride on this one. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was just so much. It was so long. It felt like four different films in one. <laughs> I always feel like w- when it comes to movies, when there's ones that are sectioned out with different different chapters, like that can either be really good or really bad. <laughs> mm. And this was one where it just, just, just felt like too much for me. That said, Tom Holland's performance was the only thing that made me able to, to stick through the entire thing <laughs> at the same time because mm-hmm. I thought he was wonderful. Yeah, your friendly neighborhood bank robber. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I thought... 
soldier. I've been, slash... I've been saving that joke up. So yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So my thoughts were just really all over the place on this one. If I'm just going to be just broad brush it right away, all over the place. Yeah, mine too. I, I don't like how it has so many different genres of film in the same film. Uh-huh. Like it uh-huh. goes uh-huh. from being like this nice kind of weird rom-com at the first hour or so. And then it goes into a war film and it's very serious. And then it's right. a PTSD drug thriller. And then it's a bank heist film. You'd like, what is this film? What is going on? It, it, I think they watched a lot of train spotting at the end. Yes. <laughs> okay. So when it was during the, the war sequence, I was thinking, are they trying to be like this generation's Forrest Gump? Because that's what it kind of started <laughs> feeling like to me. Does that make sense? It was before war, during... Sure. I didn't make that link, but I like that, yeah. Yeah! <laughs> also, the use of color was kind of unsettling to me. Some of the scenes would start out, like, in complete black and white. Did you notice that? And then it... Oh, oh, I have I have, I have, a, I have, a comment on that. Every yeah. time Emily entered the scene, she was like a, a, a bright spark yeah. of color, and everything else sort of drab around her, indicating how much she brightened his life up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Until the end, until she didn't, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Until she no longer did, right? (laughs) It felt like with that kind of color grading situation, it felt like the Russos were just throwing things at the wall to see what would work. They were trying all of their different skills, and it was none of it really worked for the whole film. Yeah, I felt like definitely during the first the first portion, the college portion, it felt like a college film student who had yeah. parents willing to throw a lot of money at their project. <laughs> that's that's what the beginning felt like to me. It felt very high, high budget student film to me. Yeah. yeah, It was, it was and it was set in the two thousands, which mm-hmm. because, even though it was a novel, there's no reason to set in the two thousands unless like you just, I mean, people still go to war and get their legs blown off now in Iraq. You know, this is not like a, yeah. a, a an old thing. Did they just not want to have like iPhones in the movie? I, I I'm well, baffled by the maybe. setting of 2005 or whatever it I, was. In this movie. I was under the impression that it was semi autobiographical by mm-hmm. Nico Walker, the author of the book. I think it was oh. kind of based on his life, but I think he obviously hammed up a lot of the details. Okay, um, but the whole he's narrating his life bit just felt like so many other autobiographical films I've yeah. seen. And then I started to watch, read a review afterwards, and it said this novel by. I was like, "That's it. I'm not reading anymore. It's a novel. <laughs> Forget this." It, the fact that it was a novel, I think, for me, it really tried to incorporate every single aspect of the novel, which really took away from the actual film because uh-huh. you have a chance that it just kind of streamlined the whole process, and yet they threw everything into it which made it a two and a half hour film. And I'm like, uh, I've not got that time. <laughs> I just don't yeah, have time. Right. <laughs> yeah. I felt like I deserved a medal just for like sitting through all of it without mm. pausing. <laughs> also, when they get to the, the war sequence of the film, they do this thing where they, they flash text on the screen, like the Robin Thicke Lurd Lines music video is what it reminded <laughs> me of. You know what I mean? Where they mm. put the, the red, the red lettering and they didn't do that. I don't think at any other point point throughout the film i think they did it at kind of the start of the each part but i think the war thing had more of it definitely <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. and then also uh, something that will always stick with me and i don't think this is good is we had a shot a very artistic shot from inside <laughs> of tom holland's anus <laughs> mm-hmm. no, no no there's there's a shot of the inside of his butt anus that's what i said that's the oh i'm sorry did you think i said penis yes (laughs) i said anus 
<laughs> I, I thought you were watching an extended version. I didn't know. Yeah, that. this was a very uh, Cassie. What were you watching? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I was trying to use the the you know medical term for it. Right. I, I like, think that that's that the little visual thing was a tip of the hat to the movie Inner Space from 1985. <sighs> I've never seen it. Reese and I weren't born yet. I know about movies from 1975. I know, I'm kidding. Uh, No, it's a cult classic uh, about a guy who was uh, teleported, not injected into the body of someone else to try to save his life. Oh. Yeah, very weird film, a kind of film that they don't make anymore. Or if they do, it's like, has like a $12,000 budget. We all sort of dislike the film, but did you like the beginning, the romance, the college stuff at all? My favorite part was actually the war the war sequence of the film, which is weird because I don't usually even gravitate toward that genre, but compared to everything else, hmm. it was, I guess, the most entertaining and the most his emotions that he was able to bring out, like when when his friends were killed and that kind of a thing were actually really moving. So yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed that part more than more than every other. What do you guys think? I think the war stuff for me was probably the most kind of filmically coherent mm-hmm. in the sense that the styles they were going for kind of mimicking Full Metal Jacket and Sir and Pryor Ryan with the kind of one take run through the battlefield and stuff. I thought that worked really, really well. And I agree that I thought the kind of the friendship between him and his friend, I think it was Jimenez, was mm-hmm. really kind of quite well done. But I think for me, I, I enjoyed probably the opening section the most when he was kind of in college falling in love and stuff. So I quite like young love and coming of age and all that kind of stuff in films. Whereas compared to like the last part, when Tom Holland just becomes a really unlikable person, mm-hmm. like I really stopped caring what he was doing wrong, and I was like, I just I'm, I've been checked out of this for the last hour since he's returned okay. from war, and I think he yeah. just makes really bad choices all the time, and I'm like, why do I feel bad for this guy? And the thing was, he robbed like twelve banks in the, in the same town, and some of them are the same bank, so yeah. kind of the same. Didn't cover his face, like right, yeah, kind of the same like fictional idea as a promising young woman again, where you know he robbed the same bank over and over again. He would get caught. Mm-hmm. The movie wouldn't happen. Plus, we didn't need like eight bank robberies or twelve. How many they had? They could have. They could have done with like two or three, and then the one that finally goes bad, where it, you know, yeah, shorten shorten that. This should have been an hour, 45-minute movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we can all agree on that, I think. Yeah. I think that would have probably helped the pacing, too, I mean, mm-hmm. because there are points when it really drags. And, like, as much as I really like Jack Rayner as an actor, like, he's in Midsommar and stuff, I think he's really good in that. Yeah. I think his character, Pills and Coke, just doesn't fit in the film. For me. <gasps> I, I think he's just doesn't really add anything to it. And I think that whole segment, as good, I think he's a funny guy and he acts really, really well. But I think his actual role in the film just doesn't serve any purpose. I think he could have found drugs oh, yeah. through any other person at any other time in his life, you know? Yeah. And another thing that really bothered me, you guys probably noticed, is the Emily character. Mm-hmm. Frequently, when she was talking to Tom Holland in these early romance scenes, he would ask her something. And she would say something so low, you'd have to turn the volume <laughs> all the way up and almost use captions to hear it. Like he said, I think I love you. And then she whispered, I have a thing for white guys. <laughs> I have a thing for white guys. But you, you, no, I was like, she what? said weak guys, not white guys, weak. See? You see did what I'm saying? You you hear, you I did watch it with the, the, with the closed captions. She said weak. Yeah, see, if you, white some, guys. There was, and there was a few more pieces of dialogue like that. You could not hear. I don't know if that's a directorial choice or if she's mm. just a weak actress. I don't know. 
I don't think she's a weak actress. I thought she was a really good actress. I thought but she yeah, did a good job. She, yeah. she, did, she did say, I have a thing for weak guys, is what she said to him. And then to me, the entire point of him, like, he joined the army because his girlfriend hurt his feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, like, him getting dumped, like, kind of set off this this train wreck. This like, Which, I don't know. I thought it just felt like blaming his life being ruined on a girl breaking his heart and they wind up getting married anyway. Just felt like an odd reason to join the army. Is that a thing that guys do? I don't know. I moved to New York to get over a breakup. So, well, not the same. <laughs> not quite. Oh, I no, not not the same. But I mean, I could definitely relate to a lot of his character motivations. And what I was saying about parents is, my God, parents get involved with your kid's life, mm-hmm. yeah. teach them to deal and to talk about with their emotions, because none of this stuff would have ever happened. Mm, sure. Yeah. Were his parents ever seen? No, only her parents were. Only her parents. Only her parents were. And they showed up at the end in the hospital and they were like, listen, if you're a man, you'll walk away right now. Because if you don't, I'll, you know, F you up or something. Yeah, Yeah, weird. They could have definitely had a hand in stopping him going to war. Because I feel like that's a discussion you have with your parents more than anyone else. Yeah, and he was in college, right? Was he paying yeah. for all of college himself? Or like that that seems very <laughs> unlikely these days, right? So I feel like his parents must have been in his life, but mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where like that kind of detail. They have so much time in this film to talk about everything happens in five years, <laughs> but they don't address his parents. They don't address like these really important other details about what his upbringing. And I feel like that would have been more helpful to know why he spirals so badly. Mm-hmm. over the course of the film if we knew maybe he had a rough childhood we just don't know that and right. that was never really shown to us so right. that's a, a missed opportunity there i think it sounds like you want the four-hour russo cut yeah release <laughs> <laughs> i could not watch another 10 minutes of this film let alone another hour and a half yeah goodness I me i know i i made it a little farther than you did before stopping my notes cast okay how far did you make it josh <laughs> at least it probably an hour 45 minutes in and I was like this is just monotonous the last thing I took note of was like the weird thing with the new driver what did he call him black or something yeah black man? yeah the, the, black. the drug dealer leader guy yeah. right he, he, they gave him like an artificial fake voice in the film which is bizarre choice he's like you yeah, know I want to drive you or something clearly the guy didn't sound like that what is the point of that just a, a they also never showed his face clearly, did they? It was a- He was wearing some sort of weird mask, but mm. your, your thoughts on this weird black character? Yeah. <laughs> All right. By the time he comes around, you're just so like, what is happening? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't even That's exactly it. at that point. You know, you, you are two hours into a film and then they introduce this weird drug dealer superhero guy. You're like, <laughs> what is going on anymore? So I think I'd stop caring and I I'd kind right. of checked out of kind of his presence and you don't see him at all and i think he's just another like pills and coke like jack rayner they don't really add much to actual cherry's journey they just become mm-hmm. nuisances in his life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah oh oh now you're reminding me of what i hated the most about the film the announcing of the title of the film was a uh, cherry was you popped your cherry as and you tried <laughs> to help someone as a medic and they died that's mm-hmm. yeah so that's the metaphor for the movie. So my takeaway from the whole movie is you popped your cherry in life by screwing everything up. I guess that's what it is. I, that's I thought about this too. Because, great title. Because surely everyone in war does the same thing. Everyone pops their cherry at various points in war if you're do, <laughs> doing that kind of mm-hmm. analysis. So that his kind of name means nothing because I'm sure a thousand other guys have had the same name. Like, oh, yeah. yeah it was pointless. True. 
Yeah, like why would yeah why would they call him that when it happens mm. to so many people? Unfortunately, exactly. yeah, that's true. Well, you guys love the war scenes. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you like any of the drug drug dealing bank robbing scenes? I thought the, the drug scenes were very well acted mm. when they shot up, and I base that on what I've seen in Intervention <laughs> because I'm lucky mm. enough to have it, no <laughs> real world experience with drugs or addicts <laughs> or anything like that. But yeah, so I think maybe Tom Holland maybe watched some Intervention before he. Before he filmed this movie, because it was very realistic. It was, but I think it tried too hard to be Requiem for a Dream. I think oh. it really tried to kind of go really hard on the heroin addiction side mm. of it. And also, like, I'm a teacher too. You cannot teach on heroin. How it kind of has this idea that his girlfriend could shoot up and then go back to teaching a class was insane. <laughs> like, so you wait, need to be. Teaching? I was under the impression she was still taking classes. She I, was I, actually I, teaching? I thought she was a lecturer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you guys think it was even slightly realistic how she was just like, okay, screw it. I'm going to do all these drugs with you now. Yeah, that seems like an odd reason to become a junkie. (laughs) Instead of, you know, instead of just leaving him, you know, Mm. or saying, hey, why don't you get help? Go to rehab. Because obviously her parents cared enough to try to send her to rehab. And I was really rooting for that moment. Oh, great. She's going to get help. And then she does it. She's like, no, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah, wasn't it? She was just so fed up. She said, well, I don't want to deal with any of this either. So I want to be high so I can check out of everything just like you are was exactly that. Oh, oh, that was a a super great moment when she was just like lost it on him. And and, in one of her last moments of lucidity, when she would lose it at him, she yelled, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's an odd choice to make for the character to. Rather than say, I can't deal with your shit, I'm going to leave. I can't deal with shit, I've got to be high to deal with your shit. Right. Like, that is- <laughs> like, talk about for better or for worse. That's yeah. definitely- <laughs> You're really sticking it out. Yeah. Um, so there was a part in one of the war scenes. I remember when the guy who died and his guts were like spilling out, right? Oh. And and he says like, hey, I got you. He, sa- he says that to him, yeah, I got you. you know. And then he's like, I felt like a weird thing to say. but And then there's another part later on. Did you guys notice like she needed help shooting up? And he's like, I got you. I got, I got you. you. Yeah. yeah. And I wondered if they, they did that on purpose. Yeah. Right Sorry. before she, it was right before the time that she OD'd, right? And almost died. So it's mm-hmm. like both those I got you's were sort of like preceding something really bad happening. Yeah. Good catch. Also, and along with the theme of our podcast, this was definitely the male gaze of the film. What oh. you say, Kathy? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those, I had this thought too, watching like, what was it? The Queen's Gambit. Like when a great woman show. hits, hits yes, great show, hits rock bottom. I don't think they look that sexy. Like I don't think, <laughs> they look, right? <laughs> like I don't think a girl who's high on heroin is going to walk around in like matching undies <laughs> looking mm. that cute, right? I don't think. So yeah, that's a good point. It was a, it was like a, a glamorized view of drug addiction, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and the relationship between two drug addicts as well. And it's like, if you think about the kind of the drug addiction side with actual Tom Holland's character himself, who is called Cherry, by the way. I didn't know his name was called Cherry until about maybe two hours into the film. Like, it didn't occur to me that was his name. But anyway, that's a different conversation. Yeah. Um, the drugs for him... No, they never call him Cherry in that no. in the actual film. It's really weird. Drugs for him, they don't actually have that bad an impact on his life. Like, apart from the fact he brings his girlfriend down with him. Right. Nothing bad ever really comes from his drug addiction. Like he breaks into that safe thing with the with all the money in it and all the the coke and pills in it. But then he gets it all back and he fixes it. And it's like, where where where's the consequences of all of his actions here? 
they don't really kind of make him a villain. They just these bad things happens and he fixes it and he gets out of it. Like, right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And in the end, uh, he's sort of like quote unquote the good guy because he turns himself mm. in, right? Like he oh he grows a really shit mustache. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, and we're supposed yes, to leave to make himself look older. Yeah. <laughs> Baby little Tom Holland. Like, let's put a let's put a mustache on him. Sure, mm-hmm. he looks late thirties now. Like, <laughs> right. And uh, and and his and his parents who wanted who wanted her desperately to leave Tom are perfectly willing to encourage her to what wait like I guess five six eight years for him to get out of jail and he's like smiling and waving. I think it was 14. yeah. It was a long time. Fourteen. Long, 14 yeah, years, yeah. 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 It was a long time, and she didn't age at all. Through that entire right. time, <laughs> he grew a mustache. <laughs> yeah, but then if you if you want to kind of analyze that scene slightly, when she doesn't age at all, yeah. you could argue that the film is entirely from his point of view. So you are seeing her how he remembers her. Aww. So there was kind of things like you know with all the banks he was robbing. You, there was like the bank fucks America, shitty bank, all that yes! stuff. <laughs> yes! Everything yes, was right. everything was literally shown through his perspective. So it was all yeah. a very kind of unrivaled narrator kind of point of view. So I kind of, I understood okay. that side of it, that she wouldn't yeah. grow up because that's how he thought. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That, I like that. It does that. make sense. But did you think the narration was pretentious at all? Oh, completely. Yeah. Why, <laughs> I was going to ask you guys about the breaking the fourth wall. Like, I feel like it didn't, if you're going to do it, do it more. Otherwise, just mm-hmm. doing it like twice, like doesn't yeah, really right. make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like the few times when he would turn the camera and go, I could do this, but I won't or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, it was just like a throwaway part. Mm. I don't understand. It's one of those things where narration inherently is breaking the fourth wall. I understand that. But then there were only a few points when he talks straight into the camera. And you're like, surely you should bring that into the role more. I I do like that fourth wall breaks in films like like High Fidelity. I love those scenes talking to the camera. Hello, Fleabag. Yeah, Fleabag, awesome TV show. Yeah. And I think they they missed a chance doing that. And then there was also that really weird fourth wall break when in the war sequence, so I think we've talked about quite a lot, is when he says that the worst part about being at war was how embarrassed he was when he had to do the robot dance. And yes. it wasn't yeah, the but... murder and the death that yeah. <laughs> comes along with war. It was, oh, shit, I've got a robot dance. <laughs> like, yeah. <what? laughs> oh, that was weird. Yeah. Hey, you earlier, didn't you say this is the most tonally consistent part of the film? Yeah, I did. I take that back. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, I'm going back to the the early romance scenes. I, I thought they nailed the tone of how just men and women completely misunderstand each other at the beginning. Like she she comes back to say goodbye to him in a restaurant with another guy, and he's like, "What are, what are you doing? Why? Why did she do that? Then, that was that was weird. That, that was a dick move on her part. Mm, honestly. Well, 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 yes, but I mean, at the same time, he you know whatever he didn't listen to her. He sort of disregarded her feelings he just like used her as an object the male gaze as it were mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. were there were a lot of weird male gaze moments in there like the one that i think about quite a lot is near the start when he has his ex-girlfriend and she goes or they go to a party together and she yeah. gets on like a table and starts dancing with other mm-hmm. people and he's like i fucking hate when she does this she's such like she called her a slut effectively without calling her a slut and i was like this is a really weird scene to do it kind of shows the how like horrible he was towards women and it has this really weird male gaze at view of women and it was yeah. very uncomfortable i didn't like that that's true now now that you're making me think of that they could have cut out the ex-girlfriend it, completely it, yeah it why was she there no yeah, it, didn't that, drive, that was it didn't drive emily away he showed emily a picture he's like no i have this girlfriend still and then you're like you have this throwaway completely wasted five six minute scene of him at a party being bored 
mm-hmm. with her acting crazy and dancing mm-hmm. with other guys, like it's totally unnecessary. Completely. And it didn't turn Emily off either because she was, you know, right back with him in five minutes in the movie. I mean, he is mm. pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> is he cute enough that you would kind of destroy your life with heroin and drugs to stay with him? I don't is know. Is the if question. If it, no? were played, if it were Bill Skarsgård, yes. <laughs> He's my only. <laughs> He's the only man I would ever do heroin for. <laughs> okay. Okay, you heard you heard it here first, guys. Oh, no. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right, we're definitely keeping this party. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Anything else stands out to you guys? It's just it was so strange. Like I find it really hard to pinpoint any one sequence of why it didn't work because I don't think all of it works to the point like it all mishmashes together into a really uncomfortable messy messy mess and you just like why doesn't this work? I can't work out what one thing is wrong with it. I can. But there are 10 small things wrong with it. I can. The scene at Subway. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to treat ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. Go go back to what you're saying. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It was just, I I feel like all the problems it has, they aren't massive problems on their own. But when you add them onto the 15 other things that are wrong, small things on themselves, it just creates this horrible, massive problem. And it just really doesn't, fit well with the whole film and I, I realized that Cherry himself was a very chaotic character and the film tried to be equally as chaotic but because of all these small issues that all just add together into one thing it, n- none of it works mm. and it's it's just a really strange film. like cho- weird choice for Tom Holland to take this role because he's clearly one of the probably most sought after kind of actors at the minute like he is Spider-Man he is one of the most popular guys in the in Hollywood right now I can and see yet he's he doing I can see why he would have been attracted to it, though, like reading a script of it. Can't you like yeah. I can see why? Yeah. I mean, because I'm sure he's he probably wants to start branching out and he doesn't mm. want to be cast as Spider-Man. You know what I mean? So. But then do you playing kind of devil's advocate? Do you think he, he was drawn to it because it was the Russo brothers? Like if it was another director that wasn't linked, he always already worked with. Would he ever still done it? It's a good question. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Good question. Yeah, I I don't think he would have okay. if it was just any other generic sure. B-name director uh, sure. based on that script. Because that script was also written by the Russo's ste- sister-in-law, half-sister, something like that. So it's a bit like nepotism-ish. Like, Reese, I totally <laughs> forgot to bring up, remember? <laughs> I was going to say this at the beginning. Remember mm. when they first released the the poster on Twitter? And they oh, like, Chuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gosh, do you remember this when they released the initial, like when they first started talking about the film and they released the promotional image Post for that. it? Yeah. yeah. When was it like? The first I heard about the film was when you told me you wanted to watch okay. it. <laughs> well, they allegedly, I still think it might have been on purpose just to get people talking because I sometimes mm. I think stuff like that is never an accident but but yeah they they accidentally using air quotes like released the wrong one and instead of cherry it was just like a bunch of not it was just looked really nonsensical and it said Mm -hmm. like chirk yeah (laughs) well then this poster like went viral because it made absolutely no sense and then Mm -hmm. i think it was variety maybe and then you know so then they had to say like oh we're, we're sorry we released this this does not live up to our standards that we hold here at variety here's the real poster and it said cherry Mm. Um, it's one of those things where, like, 
how could you make make that poster look that wrong? Like, <laughs> which designer thought like, oh, I've I've mistyped Cherry really badly. <laughs> Let's release that. It was really really strange, and it was like you know when you've got those kind of like dials that kind of cycle through numbers like really quickly. It was like it was typed like that, but oh. it was like halfway through lots of different letters, and it was like. Was that a choice? I think it, uh, you said, I think it was on purpose. And I they thought, it, that's really edgy and cool. And they realized, oh shit, it doesn't say cherry anymore. It says chirk. So. Yeah. <laughs> when everyone was talking about it, when mm. it was released, like, look at this. No one knew was, what the name of the film was, I think, ever. No. Like, or like, what is that? Everyone was like, I think this is the cherry film. <laughs> Tom Holland, I don't know. <laughs> Did they change the name? <laughs> yeah. Chirk. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go with favorite lines or favorite moments of the film. For me, uh, favorite line was, you know, I need some more drugs. Well, go rob a- another effing bank then. That was, you know, her and Emily <laughs> in the bathtub screaming. That was my favorite line. I have a favorite line that I wrote down, <laughs> and I hope to use it someday. It's, shut that ugly cock holster. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, like, when he's in like basic training. <laughs> I mean, I I enjoyed it, but like like Reese said, we've you know I've seen so many of those war movies. They all use the same kind of dialogue. Really? But... Is that something you've heard before? I've never heard. Oh yeah, that is a very common thing yeah. in these war movies. Yeah. See, I don't watch that many, so that was that was <laughs> that was just fun and new for me. <laughs> and I'd surprise. I hope I get to use in real life someday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've got a favorite line. I don't, I don't remember a favorite line that sticks yeah. out. But I think a favorite moment, like a, on a positive note, I think my favorite moment was probably that one take run through the war kind of battlefield was quite cool. It was quite nicely shot and it was quite impressive to look at, which I thought was quite nice. But then there was my, my, my favorite moment in terms of his absolute weirdness was his final kind of OD on the street. Yeah. That was really dumb. Like yeah. it was with all the, the operatic music and like him shooting up in his foot. And then it ends on a shot of him just looking the most stupid face I've ever seen in a film. I was like, this is meant to be sad. This is meant to be a, a choice where he's hit rock bottom and he just looks dumb. And I was like, oh, that is, they've made a really bad choice. Yeah. Oh. Mistakes were made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I definitely think he just had like plot armor as far as far as the mm. Robin Banks went because he would have been caught, I think, after the very first yeah. time. Like he know. he wore not even like black sunglasses, like see- yeah. very see through red sunglasses and a big dumb hat. Like anyone could see who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was kind of like a small town too, so like probably everyone knew who everyone was. Yeah, and then they're trying to show his, uh, his character range by showing him increasingly getting angrier and angrier at each bank robbery. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know, he would just hold up the dollar bill. Hi, I have a gun. He'd flip it over. This is a robbery. And then they would hand him some money. And he first he would say thanks. And later he was like, all right, give me all your money. And then he's like, yeah, with the guns. And then, oh my gosh. And then just like his friend gets shot and it just like drags him off into the street. He like, well, on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll just leave it here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You guys think it's time for final thoughts? Sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't know if I can sum it up. <laughs> oh, well, if, if you have any, you know, if not, you can just move to the ratings. It's just such a hodgepodge of the, you know, I think when I first started it, I actually like, which one of you, Reese, did you say you liked the beginning the best or was that John? I liked the opening kind of okay. half an hour to an hour. Yeah. yeah see, I, that was like my least favorite part, I think. <laughs> so I yeah. kind of started off going, I hate this. And then 
it got a little better and I was like, okay, well, the acting is actually really good. So I was like, maybe it's growing on me. And then got right. to like part three of the movie, which felt like a totally different movie. I was like, now I don't like this anymore. This is just mm-hmm. so it's one of those where it's hard to pinpoint like this was a good movie or this was a bad movie because I was just like, yeah. Watch. yeah. And that said, like, I don't think I'll recommend it. You know, <laughs> if someone's like, hey, yeah. I watch this? I'll be like, no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. I think the only thing that really saved it for me is I did think Tom Holland was so good. I Like, he's a really mm. good actor. And I'm, you know, I love, you know, watching him progress in his acting. And he just seems like a really sweet guy, too. I just love him. <sighs> See, th- this is hard. I was thinking about this last night. I was like, what am I going to rate this? I'm going to go 5.5 out of 10. 5.5 oh. out of 10. Because his acting was so good. Otherwise, I would probably mm. rate it lower. But. So 5.5 dirty heroin needles out of 10. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's worth saying that he, Tom Holland is really good. And I think the film doesn't manage to live up to how good his performance is. Mm. And it really kind of lets him down because he's doing some good work there. But the film is so messy and chaotic that I did like watching it from a purely visual standpoint. I think it was, it was, it never bored me. I was always kind of fascinated by what is the hell is going on on screen. <laughs> um, whether that's good or bad is a different kind of different matter entirely. But my thing with, I think my official kind of Rotten Tomatoes rating mm-hmm. is I think I gave it five out of 10, but I've recently thought about it so much. So I think I've gone down to four out of 10. Okay. Um, so I'll go four destroyed drug safes out of 10. <laughs> I love four. Wow. Okay. I'll give it six dollar bills that say this is a robbery out of ten. <laughs> it's a huge mess, but obviously it was a it was an experiment for them. I want to reward them for the experiment. I told you they'd yell about directors, yell about the plot. They yelled about the acting hope they let the guests talk, but mostly Josh and Cassie. Yeah.